What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Crowncast. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. Maybe you're listening later on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's all good. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And thank you for watching. If you're live, that's awesome, too. Uh, as you might notice, Justin is not here. He had something to do. He's uh, he's so Hollywood now. He's got meetings on uh, meetings. Yeah, you know, he's got a, a screening. He's got a screening mm-hmm. he's, of his something or other. I don't know. Something I'm not going to make excuses for him. Listen, buddy, it's Hanukkah time. <laughs> it's a miracle. Happy Hanukkah to you. Thank you very much. I was yeah. going to say this later, but in case it's gross, I'm just going to introduce it now because maybe I want to drink it. I'm, I'm drinking a Hanukkah beer tonight. Ooh. It's from... Uh, Schmaltz Brewing Company, and it's malt beverage. It's not even beer. Brewed with raspberry and cherry and natural flavor added. It has... Is that malt liquor? I think it's malt liquor. It's eight malts, eight hops, and 8% alcohol by volume. So I'm going to be probably vomiting by the end of the show. It's going to be a good time. Hey, all right. That's a fun Hanukkah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to bring in our first guest now. He is the creator of... Solomon Likens Odyssey, and uh, here he is, Dennis Robinson, everybody. Hey, welcome, Dennis. Great Hello. to have you. Thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Thanks for coming on. I said Solomon's Likens Odyssey instead of Likens Solomon's Odyssey. I messed it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right classic. Classic. Hey, dyslexics are teeple poo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well That's done, sir. Uh, so you kickstarted i believe the first issue of this and the second issue of that yes this, is that correct mm-hmm. the second issue is in production right now it's going to come out yes. in march but just to give the wait, wait. pitch yes wait, wait before we get into this i just want to say it's you know it's nice to have you on i recognize you uh from the video where you did some amazing acting and uh yeah just well done sir <laughs> Hold on, on that. you have to it's, go into uh, detail pete what video are you talking about i'm talking about uh if you go to the uh, kickstarter page you get to watch the video it starts with him in a spooky woods and it's really fun oh nice yeah, that was at? the first one the the second one i'm actually chained in my basement uh as my oh, roommate wow. is in like a farmer outfit and he's just nonchalantly chaining me up and i'm just like yeah whatever not paying any attention to it well uh, i gotta say also the cane uh that you have in that is yeah. just so cool so I, w- uh, I was trying to go for um a larry talbot the original wolfman kind of oh, vibe yeah, but i could yeah. not find that cane to save my well i could but it was like nine hundred dollars and there i was like go. okay <laughs> Yeah. But I found that one on Etsy, and I was like, I really like the look of this cane anyway. So I was like, all right, we'll go with this one. Pretty pretty uh, cool. Well, I appreciate, uh, I will say, we have a lot of Kickstarter folks on here, and I appreciate the extra effort, I guess, that you put into the videos. That's awesome. Um, and obviously they were successful because the second one is coming out. It's a big oversized issue. To set up the plot a little bit, it follows the first werewolf in history. Is that correct? I mean, obviously there's a little nope, more to you got it. it. But- What's your what's your elevator pitch for the book? So the elevator pitch for the book that I, I typically tell people, well, the, the first way that I entice people, I ask them, you know, do you like werewolves? And then obviously, you know, if they say no, then I'm like, all right, well, nice good talking talk to you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I say, like in Salman Zazi is the story of the world's first werewolf. It's set in 8000 B.C. And each of these books moves a little bit further along through time and analyzes different uh mythologies, folklores, and uh, religions and creatures from around the world. 
Uh, nice. Well, so how have you developed that mythology over the course of the past two issues? And uh, just to check the second issue, because I, I read that earlier today, is that the end of Lycan's um, Lycan for the moment, or is there more to come? Oh, so the third book starts production on January. Oh, okay. So the the plan is to try and have a book come out every year. That's the okay. plan anyway. So nice. The problem is... Um, so the, the first book and the second book are each 60 pages of story with 12 pages of extras. Wow. The third book is 90 pages of story and then uh, probably about six or eight pages of extras or 10. I forget what it is, how many extras, but um, it's about 90 pages of story. So it's 50 percent longer. So okay. which means it's going to take longer to make because it has to go through the conveyor belt of the artist and then the colorist and then the letterer. So I'm hoping to do another Kickstarter for book three. I'm hoping for March of 2024, but I won't know until we get closer to the end of the year to be able to gauge where things are, essentially. Okay. Uh, and so this is for people on the audio stream, but we brought up a cover here. Beyond the fact that you've got, like, this action and adventure in olden times, the first werewolf, you also have some totally gross ghoul creatures here. <laughs> what was the inspiration behind them? So, as I mentioned in the elevator pitch... I love mythology, and I love different regional mythologies. So I, I have a podcast of my own, Botched a D&D podcast, and one of the seasons we did was in 1932 New York, and it was like an H.P. Lovecraft theme. And the reason I picked that was because New York is sort of a melting pot of uh, different ethnicities and religions and backgrounds Everything. and stuff like that. So I could bring in all these different mythologies from around the world. And so... In doing this, you know, I wanted to start in 8000 BC, so I went back before, you know, there's a lot of debate about, you know, which one's the first werewolf. So I was like, all right, let's look at what the first werewolf is. All right, I'm going to go way before that. I'm going to go to the cradle of civilization, basically, even before that. I'm going to start in 8000 BC. And then I looked in the, the second book. I wanted to do a little bit more world building as we get into the, uh, you know, open the world up to magic, go into different, you know, monsters and stuff like that. So I looked up. Uh, Arabian mythology, stories, creatures, things like that. And I, as a D&D &D player, I was surprised to find out that ghouls apparently originate in Arabian mythology. Mm. And so when I was do, you know, doing research for the book and trying to figure out what would mesh the best with the story that I wanted to tell, I found the ghouls. And uh, I had this idea in my head. So if you don't know what a ghoul is in terms of uh, you know Arabic mythology, they eat the remains of the dead and then they can shape shift into whoever that was and the whole Whoa. point of it is to entice uh like that person's loved ones into coming away with them so then the rest of the ghouls can eat them oh, so i was imagining you know a really nasty gnarly creature that could also shape shift so she so they have all this like loose baggy skin so it could move around and look like clothing or look like skin or whatever it was so i wanted them to be able to like shape shift so i have i have them this just really horrifying look to them but it's also a little bit functional in that sense where you know the because when you go that far back there's not a ton of description about like what they look like so i just envision them this way to you know i don't know i thought it was a nice cross between functionality and uh, horrifying <laughs> 
Agreed. Uh, speaking of functionality, I wanted to ask you about the page length for these books. I feel like sure. when you do a Kickstarter, normally there's like, ah, oh, geez, I don't know how many people we're going to get. Let's try for like a 20 page book, 24 page book. But these are huge. These are 60. The second issue, at least, is 60 plus pages with some ancillary material in the back. So why why go for that? Why go for the oversized book? So it didn't start that way. So when I, I when I first wrote these books years ago, I wrote it in like this weird mutant cross between a regular book and a comic book because I didn't know how to write scripts at that time. Eventually, I came across my first editor who taught me how to write comic scripts. But um, there was a story that I wanted to tell. And so we had this rough script. And then the editor at that time said, okay, well, it's your first book. If you're funding it all yourself, it's going to cost you a ton of money to do a 60-page book. Let's just chop it down to 24 pages. Now, he wanted to do he wanted to take the 60 pages and make it 24. I said there's no way we'll lose so much character development and, you know, plot and all that stuff. So, I took the 30 pa- or I took the 60 pages and I made it two 24-ish page books. But then 24 became 26 and then 26 became 28 and then 28 became 30. So, it was two 30-page books became the the first book. So, what then ended up happening was when the first Kickstarter was supposed to happen for the first when for the first thirty pages of the book, uh, COVID happened. So mm. then the Kickstarter got moved a year. By the time the the Kickstarter came around, both halves of the book were done. So I was like, well, I may as well just put them back together at this point. So then it went back to being a sixty page book. And then um, since I'm funding it all myself anyways, and the Kickstarter is just to help recoup a little bit of that cost. Basically, the Kickstarter pays for the printing cost, if anything. Um, I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to do these stories the way that I want to do them. So I'm just going to tell it how I want to tell it. So the second book, I was like, okay, I'm going to write out the story. It just so happened that it ended up being the exact same length. And I was like, all right, that's what we're going to do, which is why the third book, I want to tell that story a certain way. So now it's 90 pages (laughs) and the fourth and the fifth. So there's going to be 15 books total in the series. And books four and five are also probably going to be at least 90 pages long. Um, And the third book is set in uh, Sumeria. So I introduce Gilgamesh and uh, deities and uh, also a little bit of Lovecraft. And then the fourth book is Ancient Egypt, and the fifth book is Ancient Greece. So, And then each book moves a little bit further along, and I, I just want to look at different regional mythologies and stuff as this character sort of moves from place to place through time. Mm. Uh, I know you touched on this a little bit before, but given that you are talking about real history, or at least real myths here, how much research is involved, and what have you looked at? If people are interested in reading about werewolves other than Lycan, of course, sure. what should they check out? So... In terms of research for the first book, most of the research ended up being, you know, okay, let's look up all the different current origins that I could find for werewolves. And there's a a saint, there's the Roman one, there's actually one in Greek mythology, there's a whole bunch of different ones like that, but they don't really go too, too far back. So that's why I went all the way back to 8,000 BC. I wanted to start at the beginning, essentially. And... In doing research for that, a lot of the research was, okay, well, there's not a ton of information or pictures or, you know, drawings or anything like that. What did they wear? What were their houses made out of? Because you have to visually show all that stuff. So it's like, okay, well, you don't want to make it look completely implausible for the time period or something like that. So that's a lot of research trying to figure that part out. For the subsequent books, like the, the second book was a lot of research into Arabic mythology and like looking at all the different stories and folk 
folktales and creatures and just trying to figure out, okay, you know, what would fit in here? Like, this is the story I want to tell. The bones, I guess. Where, what meat can I put on these bones that exists from mythology that I think is interesting that would lend to the story and just enhance it, I think. Third book, similar, uh, looking up different, uh, well, Gilgamesh itself, you can look up Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is a pretty famous, I think a lot of people consider it like, what, the first comic book hero, mm -hmm. essentially? <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so looking up that story. But I, I, I change his story quite a bit. So that one's not too, too similar to what he had. This is almost like the origin of Gilgamesh as well. So, um, and then just, you know, looking up uh, maps, trying to figure out, okay, if I'm going to make this city, because there's, there's already a first city in existence, but this one takes place before that. So it's like, okay, well, where can I put this city that it makes sense for the time period, but is close-ish to the actual for or what you know our normal history would be the actual first city so you know then pulling up different maps geography okay which one of these spots would make sense for my story as well along the river um euphrates or tigris i forget which off the top of my head for the uh, third book and then it's just going into different things like that and then um because of the deities that i had i was like okay so I want to pull in a little bit of Lovecraftian stuff with this. It's sort of, again, opening up the universe a bit. Which, what can I pull from Lovecraft that would make sense for these deities? And then I, I found one that made sense immediately that was already going with the story that I wanted anyway. So I was like, oh, okay. So there's lots of different research in terms of like trying to figure out what fits with the pieces that I already have in place. And then, you know, as I move into ancient Egypt, in ancient Greece, and then forward from there, it'll get a little bit more complicated in terms of the research because now those are areas that have a lot more written about them. Now, obviously, uh, ancient Egypt has had a lot of debate lately in terms of like, you know, when did the pyramids happen and all this stuff. So that one oh, gets a little bit We've been talking about it stop here on the podcast. We're always debating <laughs> the pyramids, so no need to tell us. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it just depends. Um, on, on the book itself and, you know, what's the range of the book um, to, to determine how much research is necessary, I would say. Awesome. That is very, very cool. So if people want to pick this up, obviously the Kickstarter is done, but where is the best place where they can check out the book? So the website that I have, www.hiveheadstudios.com, you can buy the first book there either digitally or physically. I even have the first 18 pages of the first book there digitally for free. So if anybody wants just to get a taste of it or a sample, they can do that over at the website. Nice. And then on the website, there's also a pre-order link in case you want to pick up the second book as well. Um, and the book is in both softcover and hardcover versions as well. Awesome. Dennis, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Congratulations. Congrats, uh, very cool book. Very creepy art with those monsters <laughs> in particular. Uh, and we appreciate your time. Yeah, Thank you for having us. me. I really appreciate it. All right. Yeah, have a good care. night. Thanks. You too. All right. There we go. Once again, I'm going to get it right this time by reading it. It is Lycan Solomon's Odyssey. There you go. <laughs> I did it this time. Yeah. The second issue is, fingers crossed, going to come out in March. And like you said, you can check it out at Hivehead uh, Studios online. Or just search for Lycan Solomon's Odyssey in that order because that's the actual title of the book. And now we are going to bring our second guest in. Yeah, he, James yeah. Three. James Three. He's the writer of Bob Phantom as well as Junior on Kickstarter. James, hello, welcome. Wow, hello. 
Oh, man. Great to see <laughs> you, you, James 3. Me. Great to see you. <laughs> oh. Hey, I'm, congratulations, man. This is, Sorry, Alex. I, no, no, I'm just you take it away. Out a little bit. Pete's, Pete's busting at the seams. He's been very excited to chat with you. Take it Pete, away. hello. Great to see you. Great it's to see you, long. man. Congratulations on all your success, man. First of all, uh, you know, loved watching you in the sketch comedy. Uh, you know, uh, the time traveling, uh, dude, uh, it was just oh, hysterical yeah. to see you blow the fuck up. And then, uh, to see you also in the nerdy realm, extra geek tastic. Uh, this comic book was amazeballs. Uh, congratulations, man. I'm so happy for you. This, this comic, when I read it, I was like, this is somebody who knows about comics and just uh, telling such a great story and uh i was just so impressed man uh just so happy for you i that means a lot that it that you liked it and 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 that and you liked it to that degree that mean thank you i appreciate it no worries man (laughs) yeah just to clarify for people who don't necessarily know you and are not excited like pete uh you're on a netflix (laughs) sketch comedy show called astronomy club which people should definitely check out because it's awesome Um, there's one season of that on netflix only one but it's there and you can (laughs) you can watch it Uh, yes, but the book that we were talking about, at least first, is Bob Phantom, which we reviewed a couple of weeks ago on our Stack podcast and absolutely loved, like Pete said. So this is a rejuvenated version of a very old Archie Comics property, but it takes a look at it in like a very modern context. Yeah. It sort of deals with this broken, not superhero, maybe superhero plays around with time in a really interesting way. Uh, I mean, I think this is not to slag off any of the other stuff we've read from Archie, which generally we like a lot of the stuff from Archie, but a lot of these updates are like, what if this old hero was now in the 2020s, you know, but this does it in a very different way and really breaks your brain awesomely in the issue. (laughs) What, what was the initial pitch? Like, did Archie come to you and say, hey, we're looking to do a new Bob Phantom. Did you pitch them? What was the process like? Yeah, so they, I had, like, a, a general with them and uh, earlier this year, and they had, like, a list of things that they were working on. And it was a lot of the, like, uh, anthology things that they do with mm-hmm. different various short stories and stuff. And uh, and then one one shot, which was Bob Phantom. And so I pi- I pitched on everything. <laughs> I sent it, like, <laughs> Good for long you. lines for for everything and um and i did uh i ended up doing a short story in jinx's grim fairy tales and then and i had a a a pitch for bob phantom their log line or their synopsis was like they wanted to bring him back and they wanted to do like you know it's like the it was something like with the lack of crime in new york bob phantom is now going to be the cause of the or like or no it's going to be because there's no crime, he has to now make the crime or has to go out and seek the crime, something like that. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I've, I, my initial take was like, oh, I, I find it odd to say that there's like a lack of crime in New York. That felt like it felt weird to, <laughs> it felt yeah. weird to like zero in on that. Like New York's devoid of crime now, you know. So now <laughs> a, a guy has to go around making it for for himself. And so I, I, I started with like this idea of like, um. Okay, he's a he's a newspaper man. He's a, he's a newspaper man, and you know what are the challenges of being in news now? And so you know, you know, of course, fake news and things, and people are screaming about that, and yeah. you know, and social media, and and everyone having their phones and stuff. And so I I started there, 
and then and sort of built a pitch from that like oh what's someone who who is like it's him against the world almost <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh and uh and and then and built from there essentially mm. One of the things that I really loved slash hated about the book was it was <laughs> so good and so interesting and such an interesting premise. It wasn't like a one shot in the sense of, oh, okay, it's done and I feel good about this world. It felt like a first yeah. issue and I was frustrated when there wasn't more at the end. I assume that was purposeful on your part. Yeah, and, and you are not the only one. I've been, re- I've been uh, shouldn't be reading, but I've been reading every review I could, I could find oh, about no. it and and uh and and yeah the bit the, the biggest criticism is is that and and essentially it's it it was it is by design in a way like my I I you know I sent them a pitch the pitch was was four or five pages of stuff that I was like interested in doing and the 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 one shot had to be 20 pages and so there was just sort of this thing of like well <laughs> what can I get done in this 20 pages? And like, and, and how can I, you know, I did whatever I could to make it at least feel like a single issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but there's, there's a, a whole world of things that I am, I am mostly just setting up dominoes <laughs> for in, in this. Um, and so there's, you know, there's a couple moments of like starting to push, push those dominoes down, but it it's, you know, it's not like, this is the Bob Phantom story. And by the end of it, you're like, great. You know, (laughs) I can walk away from this, you know? Well, but in that way, it almost feels, and this is maybe a wrong comparison, but it feels like kind of one of those season finales where you don't know if you're going to be picked up for a second season or something. (laughs) And you're like, well, we'll leave a couple of cliffhangers. So everybody gets really annoyed (laughs) if they don't pick it up. So hopefully they do. Is that any part of the discussion at this point? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, uh, throughout was like, well, can I have five more pages? You know, like I <laughs> throughout kept being like, well, I think I need, you know, um, uh, uh, and then when it became clear that that wasn't happening, I just was very vocal about like, you know, there's more to this. And I, and, and obviously to them, they, they read my, my pitch. And so they can see that there's like other stuff that I'm interested in doing. And so, you know, we are both sides knows that there could be more, you know, and I think it all really just depends on like, you know, is the book selling like, you know, yeah. all of all of that kind of, of stuff. But um, but there is there is certainly more that can and I think I think should be explored. Yeah. Agreed. One of the things that I also actually liked about it without the negative part at the end, like I framed up the last thing, <laughs> is that it does take place in the Archie comics world. And I feel like a lot of these superhero books that Archie do does because they're in the red circle universe avoid that entirely but here mm-hmm. we get archie comics references we get archie comics characters talk a little bit about bringing that in what were you allowed to bring in what did you want to bring in yeah so they did not tell me not to do anything they were like <laughs> right they were like write what you what you're interested in mm-hmm. and so i i'm coming from a like my my i mean i of course knew about archie and and you know, and Josie and the Pussycats and stuff before now. But my, like, entry point into Archie comics is, like, I watched Riverdale and I was like, I love, I love this. And then I started reading, uh, you know, current uh, Archie books, yeah. you know. So so that, that was my entry point there. And so, like, I was really coming from – I was just excited about this idea of, of threading as much as – and I'm a big fan of, you know, like, what – 
you know, like the MCU and stuff is doing and how like er sort of everything is connected and not, you know. And so um, I was just like trying to do that. I was like, I was like, I want to bring in all these people that I love, you know, I want to bring in Cheryl Blossom. I want to bring in, I was, it was really important to me to be like the black member of the, of, of the Pussycats. She's in this, you know, like it, just, <laughs> it was just exciting to like, um, to, to have, to suggest that this is a part of a larger, not just a larger universe, but like an extended universe of, of things. Um, uh, and it felt like uh, I was also trying to like, for lack of a better word, uh, make Bob feel legitimate. I mean, mm -hmm. that is really for lack of a better word, but like some legitimacy to like who he, he is and what's, and what's happening. And so, um, and so that was where those other characters kind of came from. Well, I think that worked really well. And it, it was Valerie, right? Who Valerie. Uh, yeah. 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 Valerie is the one she's. So in this book for anybody who hasn't read it yet, she has a show on Broadway. I think she's doing Phantom of the she's Opera. She's doing Phantom. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you see that. But, you see what yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> she's doing Phantom and they used to have a thing. And so she's sort of like the, uh, I don't know, I'm blanking on the word, but sort of like that mystery character that like the detective <laughs> used to date a little bit. And what I really loved about that beyond bringing in an Archie Comics character is like you're saying, it sets him up in this world. It implies, even if you've never read, never heard of Bob Phantom before, don't know what the comics are, didn't know that that was a previous Archie Comics, you're like, oh, he has this whole history before this, which yeah. I really appreciated. I feel like you don't get that a lot in books. It's usually like this character was just born right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> is a fresh baby on the first page, and now we're going to find out about them. So, uh, when you were trying to tackle that, did you sketch out some story stuff at all for him leading up to this, or was it just sort of seeding those things in as you went? No, it it, it came from it came from like uh, it's it really started with so I gave I gave him this thing of having like a wild imagination. And so it started with like um, his his wild imagination leading to him like making connections that either are not there or 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 are there. And so it came from that. It came from like what do I know about the RG universe and like and what can be. I, I always like in in things where someone you know like things from the past where someone's like you know the you know we could have an internet of <laughs> you know where someone like invents the internet before the internet exists and so i was trying to do something like that with him like where like he is he has his his nose on the or his finger on the pulse in a way that uh that like the people around him think is is outlandish or, or wild but like to anyone that knows knows like oh yeah he's right like Cheryl blossom is into witchcraft and and <laughs> you know and and uh that guy is actually a I can't remember his name is escaping me but Captain Flag is 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 actually a vigilante and and so it came from that it came from me sort of trying to just connect dots that I that I already understood to be uh, to already exist yeah nice uh now I do want to ask you about another project that you have going right now um Junior it's a comic that you have on Kickstarter you currently have 46 days to go and you're doing pretty well. I think you got $7,730 out of your $10,000 goal as of right now. So congratulations. But talk Thank to you. us about Junior. What's the concept of that book? Okay, so Junior is, so I'm James the Third. Right? So yeah. I just want to remind people that I'm James the Third. So Junior <laughs> is a story about a, a father-son, kind of almost like it started as a screenplay, so like almost workplace comedy. 
uh, <laughs> between a father and son set in the in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, so wow. it's it's essentially this story uh, where I kind of imagine a scenario in which <laughs> I uh, meet my dad after death. He he passed away when I was when I was really young. And it's a uh, it's a comedy. It's set in a like a Tim Burton style <laughs> like afterlife with a lot of kooky uh, characters and, and, and bizarre settings. And, um, and, uh, while there's this sort of like reunion and kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, afterlife existence happening. Hmm. Cool. So what's your experience been on Kickstarter so far? I know we talked about it a little bit with our first guest, but I'm curious to hear from you. <laughs> I mean, so this is all, uh, very new to me. Um, this is my, I, I have been, a part of campaigns with other people, but this is my first time doing a, a Kickstarter by myself. It's been it's been uh, fun to to say the the least, and to kind of like kind of you know not really talk about the stuff that's been hard about it. But it's been um, cool, and I've been surprised to see like the people show up in this way for the for the book. Um, nice. I will echo something that that Dennis said. Like this, it, it did. Um, you know, self-fund a lot of this. And so the point of the Kickstarter is like to now deliver it, get it out, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to, to you know, have a, a launch, a, a launching platform for uh, the books for people to to actually read them. It's been, in terms of the process of working on the book itself, it's been about a, a little over a year um, uh, in change. And, um, you know, and working with my, my artist, Marcus Kwame Anderson, he's been really great. He's been coming in with a lot of like, he's been really receptive to my thoughts, and then also like, <laughs> you know, been coming in with a lot of like really great uh, ideas of his own, and so it's been it's been really really fun. We got a question here in the comments. This is from Kevin. Do you have any upcoming voice work? I assume. Oh, this is a this great question, Kevin. That you're <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this. So this podcast is voice work that I'm currently <laughs> doing. Um, uh, but yes, I I uh, have a regular character that I play in a PBS Kids show <laughs> called City Island. It comes nice. out, I think, the twenty. 20- sixth or 27th it comes out at the end of this uh month so or next week oh my god what is time <laughs> it comes out next week <laughs> um uh, uh and so that's some voice work i have and then i i uh oh, well i don't know if this is announced well, never mind that's it that's it just that you can just <laughs> that it. in this podcast just announce it here on the show james <laughs> yeah it's fine. i'm allowed to announce yeah, i'm allowed to, to break to i can be deadline i can <laughs> <laughs> nothing crazy but i was about to say it's fine <laughs> all right we'll skip it we'll cut out that part i'm sure at some point um kevin also mentioned <laughs> you up? Were... wait hold it squirrel girl that's not upcoming though didn't that already happen isn't squirrel girl i was on the squirrel girl squirrel girl the Marvel Squirrel Girl podcast. Well, yes, that Girl came out. What did you play on the Squirrel really Girl Really hard to say that. It is. <laughs> um, I was a variety of different, like, you know, I have like three lines in, in every other episode. Awesome. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, that's so cool. Uh, wow. Kevin's just dropping all of your credits here. Oh, yeah, Kevin. <laughs> I now know who this is. Hi, Kevin. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> Kevin, it's been too long. We'll, we'll off mic, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> No, Kevin actually only exists now in the comments. It's this whole Tron <laughs> situation that happened. Don't even worry about it. Um, 
very excited about both of these books. I'm excited about Junior. Love Bob Phantom. I hope we get more of it. Do you yeah. have any other comics work coming up that you can talk about? Um, I so yeah, so so Junior is a part of. Uh, so I'm launching a comic book company. It's called Rule of Three. Wow. Uh, the Roman numeral three. And Junior is the first of what will be many uh, books that I that I have I've already started working on. I have previews of three more. Wow. One is a yeah, kind of very, very run-of-the-mill superhero story. Oh, no. <laughs> we have, you know, the thing that has caused to, us to be superheroes has now put villains out into the world. We must stop them. Very, very, very cookie cutter superhero story. Um, uh, I have another uh, book that's like a kind of uh, surrealist uh, TV nostalgia uh, book that is a, is based off of a character I, I used to play called the Black Friend in a White Show, which is essentially <laughs> the only representation of a black people that I saw uh, growing up was the like Black Friend in, in things. And so the the book is sort of based is based on it's a it's a it's a guy in a therapy session talking about his life and as and and as he's talking about his life we're seeing him as you know uh, Zach the Black Power Ranger or Winston from Ghostbusters and Skeeter from Dragon and all that stuff or like, ver versions of them it's obviously don't have the rights to yeah <laughs> I don't have the rights to any of those characters but it's <laughs> versions of that um, uh, and then I have like a a, a uh, horror comedy about uh, uh, essentially. Uh, being a magical Negro is a real thing that happens to black people when they turn a certain age. And so this is a guy <laughs> slowly turning into a, a magical Negro and it kind of wow. has like horror, horror comedy vibes to it. Sounds um, amazing. So yeah. So yeah. And you, and if you donate to the Kickstarter, there is one, one of the tiers you can, you can get digital previews of those books. But Hey, if I, if, if I exceed my goal, <laughs> if I exceed my goal, then maybe uh, physical copies of those uh, of those previews um, can exist sooner rather than later. That's wow. awesome. All of that stuff sounds great. Yeah, James, congratulations right. on all the success and everything. Loving these books. And again, fingers crossed. I hope we get more Bob Phantom because I love that thank first you. issue. Yeah, yeah. Thank Congrats, you. Man. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, you know, chatting with me. It's been great. Oh, thanks for coming on. We're yeah, going to banish you it. to the Kevin zone now is what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, <so. great. laughs> Bye. Take Bye. care. All right. There we go. Oh, Once man. again, you can get Bob Phantom one shot from Archie Comics. Junior is on Kickstarter. Also, check out Astronomy Club on Netflix because it's super fun. And I don't know. Maybe we can make it. Yeah, the next check out manifest. everything he does, man. Dude is hilarious. Yeah. Everything he does is just absolutely hilarious. So. There we Always go. We are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. <laughs> and for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in the Q&A section over here on Crowdcast or, or the you, tube or on the tube. You can drop it in the comments as well. Either way is fine. Facebook. I don't know what's going on over there. Don't even worry about it. Uh, but there you go. But first, Pete, I talked about what I was drinking. This is pretty gross, by the way, this jelly donut uh, malt liquor beverage. Not too I surprising. noticed you went to a uh, glass there. I didn't want to drink it. I poured it in a glass to feel fancy. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I would not recommend this, I guess, is what I would say. What are you I drinking? Put it in the glass didn't help it. <laughs> uh, I am drinking a, a brewed in St. Louis beer mm. uh, called Summer Lager. Uh, Hell style lager. It's a 4.5. So, all right. You know, mm -hmm. 
It's very light and delicious. There we go. It's like I a wish sunny I was day in that can. instead. We've got a couple of questions that are piling up here over at Crowdcast, so let's go to that first. This one is from Nat Townsend. Oh boy, here we go. Are there any baby books that you would recommend? I'm talking real babies under one year old. Hmm, great question. Uh, thank you for coming to our book club to ask about these books. We appreciate it. For babies under one year old, I would say it depends on whether you want the babies to read them or you're reading to the babies. You probably heard of this guy, Dr. Seuss. He's pretty good. <laughs> My youngest, I used to read Cat in the Hat on a loop, sometimes mm. five or six times in a row to put her to bed. Uh, and... There's uh, one of my favorites, though, to read to the kids when they were that age is Are You My Mother by Dr. Seuss. It's not by Dr. Seuss, but it's from the same imprint, which is very good. Pete, you have any baby books you've been reading lately? What's the uh, the, the Art Belfazar, like DC? Uh, Tiny Titans. Yeah, Tiny Titans. Anything those guys do, Franco and Art, those guys are unbelievable and it's uh, fun kids books. Uh, I'm not sure about babies, but, uh, you know, maybe you can show them the pictures and make some fun faces when you're reading to them. You know, the important thing is you just, you know, you keep them alive. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that is the important thing. Uh, one thing I would not recommend, have you ever read a book called Love You Forever, Pete? No. no. Uh, so here, I'm going to see if I can load this up. There is this book called Love You Forever that we were gifted. And I think everybody ends up with this in their bookcase somehow, no matter what. Uh, basically, it is this book about a mom who holds her baby, and every time she holds her baby, she says, and I'm going to paraphrase here, I'm not going to write it right, but she says, um, I love you forever, I love you for always, forever and ever, my baby you'll be. And it's very sweet, and you're like, oh, okay, that's cute. And every night she goes in and cradles her son and says that. And they show her son just getting older and older and older over the course of the book, and it's like... Okay, she should probably stop doing this at some point. And then he moves out of the house, and she still, and I'm not joking about this, this is like a very serious children's book. She puts a ladder up to his house, sneaks over to his house at night, crawls into his window, and cradles the full-grown adult and says the rhyme to him. And it's legit the creepiest thing. It's so weird that she does this. And it ends up at a place where at the end of the book... She, uh, she's very old, and he comes in. Yeah, he says it to her. Like, get it. But this is the point where coming. it's like this dude is married. Stop crawling in his window. Stop cradling him. This is weird. So there you go. Yeah, I mean the the thought behind it is nice. It takes a little weird weird turn, but at least it's a nice thought. It sounds know? like maybe your mommy does this, Pete. Is that what I'm getting at? Uh, I, um, just James three over here in the comments is saying she loves him forever. That's right. That's what's <laughs> happening here. I don't know what, you know. I'm sorry that I'm taking exception to this. You're right. This is normal human behavior. You're right, guys. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's normal human behavior. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a point to these, uh, stories. That's kind of why they're kids stories, uh, mm. you know. Uh, oh, we have a good follow-up question here from the comments over on YouTube. The real question is, why does Nat care about baby books? Does he have one? Uh, that's an interesting question. Maybe Nat can let us know in the comments. Last week or a week ago, he had adopted a cat uh, that he was trying to give away. Maybe now the same thing happened with a baby. Maybe he found a baby on the street. And yeah, maybe he found a baby and he's trying to give one away. Yeah, that's totally possible. 
Uh, this is another question here from Stray Bullet. Are you guys excited about James Gunn writing the new Superman script and you're looking forward to the DCU reboot? Pete, do I need to inform you about any of these items of news? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, appalled. I'm a little worried. Uh, at first, I was super excited about the news, but then when he was like, you know, Wonder Woman's over, Aquaman's over, uh, I'm cutting and burning, and now I'm going to reboot Superman. I'm kind of like, oh, do we need a Superman movie right now? Is that what we need? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little... I mean, he does unbelievable work. I enjoy his work. I uh, f was blown away by his work, so I should probably just shut the F up, but uh, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. I think my overall concern with everything DCU is I'll believe it when I see it, which is a variation on everything that I've been saying before. But like you're saying, James Dunn does good work. Happy to see a young Superman movie. That sounds good to me. I always like a good Superman movie. So if it's a good Superman movie, two thumbs up. That's great. But at the same time, they already started off with Superman several times, you know, like they had Christopher Reeve Superman. And they're like, okay, and now we're going to do a, a couple of Batman Reeves movies. Reeves and that's Superman it. Was great. No, no, they're great, but like nothing really spun out of that. And then he, then they were like, "Man of Steel is going to kick everything off." And people were like, "Well, we feel very mixed about this movie." And they're like, "Here's a couple more. They're all bad." And you're like, "Okay, please stop." And now they're like, "We're going to reboot the whole universe. We're going to start with a Superman movie." And I'm like, "Come on, guys! Come on. Like, yes, I understand the impulse there." And I understand you're not going to start with a Mr. Terrific movie, even though that would be a lot of fun. But I think there's something to being like, and I'm getting very repetitious here, but these movies that James Gunn and company are making are not going to come out until the very earliest 2024 and more likely 2025. By that point, there is every chance James Gunn has left DC, Warner Brothers has been bought by something else, they've scuttled the Superman movie, or they put out like one Superman movie, you're like, eh, we got to reboot DC. So I, I don't know. I kind of feel like go for broke. Don't don't play the safe route with Superman. Do the Suicide Squad like they did. Do yeah. Harley Quinn of the Birds of Prey. Put out yeah. as much weird stuff as you can as quickly as possible because it's going to go away. Everything in Hollywood is cyclical on a span of like three to five years. It's insane that Marvel has gone on as long as it did, and it's only because it has had nonstop box office dominance. They're not in that place yet. They just got to go totally nuts. That's all. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. If it's a good Superman movie, it's a good Superman movie. Uh, we got... Uh, oh, this is from John Dorsey, a follow-up over on YouTube. Can we identify a really nice choice for an all-new Clean Slate Superman casting since Cavill is out? That's a great question. Who would you like to see as a younger Superman? Other than you, of course, Pete. Uh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill? A younger, time-traveling Henry Cavill? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Really? Henry Cavill is your number one choice for Superman? Uh, I feel like he hasn't gotten a shot to play Superman yet, as weird as that is to Got say. Got like uh, three to four shots. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. It just, uh, he seems like fine, you know. Um, mm -hmm. he, I, he wasn't the problem in the Superman movies. Um, you know, I'm hoping to be blown away by a young Superman story. The problem is I've read a lot of amazing comic books on this same subject. So, uh, I don't know. But, you know, I'm sure there's a guy out there, uh, and I'm sure it'll be great, hopefully. 
Um, I don't know if he's totally the right choice, but the first person that came to mind, and this is when they were last casting Superman, I kind of felt this too. We're just going to keep on the Riverdale bent all day. Uh, Charles Melton, who plays Reggie, kind Ooh, of feels Reg. to me, right? Like, he's he's hunky and he's funny and like he has the got right a great look. jawline for it. You got know? a great jawline for Superman. And I feel like as Reggie, he plays a dumb meathead, but he's done a lot of different other things and he's a good actor. I think that would be fun. I saw somebody call out Justin H. Min as well. I think that would be fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. If there are any <laughs> stray beans over here, it says Tilda Swinton. <laughs> there you go. Great. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I, I think those would be good choices, whoever they cast. Just do it quick, because time's running out to do any of those DC movies. Uh, we got one last question here over on Crowdcast. That's from Kevin. What's a revival that really surprised you? I uh, I really don't know what you mean. Ooh. You say revival. Like a like a church revival. Like it's a, you've been to a good old tent. You're like, uh, I don't know about this. It's in a tent. I don't like camping. There's bugs out here. And you go there and suddenly you find your spirit. They dip you in water. They say you're baptized yeah, like, and it's oh really God. magical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole musical number. Yeah. Uh, no, like Willow, I would say, is a revival. Something that is oh, a continuation of an older property rather than a straight reboot of it. Um, I so. have been pleasantly surprised with Willow. I think that's been really... Uh, fantastic. Yeah, that's been a great one. That's obviously the most recent one. I I don't know. I don't know why I'm blanking. This is this is like a little bit of a spoiler, but the new interview with the vampire on AMC, I would kind of consider a revival because they have this really interesting way of having almost a totally different story, almost a totally different direction, but not negating anything that happened previously, either in the books or in the movie and sort of all weaving it together on this idea of how we remember things and how we tell stories, um, which I thought was very fascinating. If you haven't checked out that show, it's like six, seven episodes, something like that. And the first season is awesome. So that's really good. All right. Um, and uh, we got one last question here, actually, that I'm going to throw out as a, uh, which I feel like we should answer. This is from Nat Towson. Hey, what are your favorite comics of the past year? That's a great question, Nat, and I would love to answer that next week on our live show when we will be revealing our top 10 comic He's books. He's really been honest about doing this, and it's mm -hmm. like, hey, we have a whole special year review thing that we do we you do it's I mean? gonna happen next week and is he it... worried we're not gonna do it is that what's happening no he wants us to let him know before he has to shop for presents which is oh. a very consumerist way of looking at it we're we're thinking about the art we're thinking about the artist he's thinking about like money and buying things from shops mm -hmm. and whatever mm -hmm. you know so not the same thing Nat. i'm sorry nat well uh we'll we're well, i guess we're not as christmas set up as uh you know we should be as a podcast we're not as Yes, Consumer we don't we don't friendly. really get those Amazon referral links necessarily the way yeah, that yeah. does. Uh, but just to reiterate again, we are going to have uh, best comics of the year. We're going to reveal our picks that are going to be mixed in with some of your picks next week on the live show, and then on the Stack Podcast, we're going to reveal our best trade collections or original graphic novels of the you year. Think as we'll well. fight? You think we'll um, fight? No, I think we're going to have like. 
total agreement on all picks. Uh-huh. So I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, and Pete, thank you for getting your picks in early. Like how he is showing up to the show, Justin hasn't gotten them here yet. So there you go. <laughs> uh, why don't we move to our next section, which is my favorite section other than audience question, because it's Pete's section and I like Pete. It is trivia. All right. Yeah. So uh, do we have somebody or we're looking for a brave volunteer? We're looking for someone uh, to win a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics online because if you had 25 bucks you go to a comic book shop or of course long john silver for some reason we did a bit earlier and now uh we're stuck with long john silver gift cards so far and, only one person has taken us up on the long john silver's yeah. gift card yeah and how deep are you got like 40 long because you thought these things would be going like I bought a franchise kids. man i bought a franchise <laughs> and i'm like way in the hole at this point oh, oh man stray beans over on YouTube, said me first. David Quinley said me seconds later, but so Stray Beans, I think right. it is you. Uh, Stray Beans, all you got to do is drop the answer in the comments. There's a little bit of a delay. So just uh, maybe I'll feed it to you and we'll see what happens. But Stray Beans, you're yeah, in. Yeah, we'll just do a little vamping. There you go. Uh, you know, yeah, we're do- good at that. Oh, yeah, so good. All right, so today's trivia is not on topical news, but there is a small nod to the legend Stephen Boss, RIP Twitch. Uh, please listen to all three options before making your selection. And in honor of uh, Alex Zalbin, that's right, old Zalbs, for all the work that he does, oh today's goodness. trivia isn't trivia, because I know how much that really bothers you. All right, here we go. Question number one. Which actual name would you want to trade for yours? That's right. I'm asking you, which of one of these actual names would you like to trade for yours? So... Is it A, Allison Stoner, B, Uzi Man, or C, Mark Tallman? So of the three, I'm asking this person, this lovely individual is listening to our show. If they had to switch names, which one would they choose? I go with Uzi Man myself. So this is even less fact-based than usual. That's right, because this bothers you, and I want to give, I want to honor you in a nice way. You're honoring me by bothering me. I get. That's right. Uh, Just like how you show me affection, because I was very confused personally. So I have to imagine Stray Beans was. So A was Allison. Would you like to be named Allison Stoner? Yep. Or Uzi Man? Would you like to be named Uzi Man? That's B. Yeah. And C was Mark Tallman. Mark Tallman. Uh, <laughs> Straight Bean says C. Was that the correct answer? That is, yes. Well wow. done. Well oh, done. Great. All right, Straight great. Beans is now named Tallman. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, this okay. Here sense. we go. Question number two. Which actual name would you want as your porn name? Because this is an honor of you, Zalbin, and you like to do weird, uh, uh, inappropriate stuff. So here we go. Oh, sure. Which uh, would you like as your porn name? Is it A, Jennifer Van Dyck? B, Luke Brodlick or C, Caitlin Brodnick. So of those, which would you like as your porn name? Sorry, your porn name would be Jason Brodnick. What what did you say? Uh, Caitlin Brodnick. Caitlin Brodnick. That's a porn name? Yep. Where did you come up with these? They're they're actual names. They're they're actual actual names. Actual porn names? No, actual names. Actual names. Oh, uh, Stray Beans says Feet LePage. <laughs> All right, we'll count that as a D option. All right, here we go. Last one. 
uh, that's appropriate to have a D option with a point. Oh, there it is, Alps. See? You're having fun. I'm back! Yeah! All right. Which actual name would you trust to be your doctor? Is it A, Dr. Frank Moron, B, Dr. Casper Smart, or C, Dr. Peter Conboy? Which of those would you like? I know like? this one because you go to the doctor. Of course, you go to Peter Smart, right? It's but Peter Peter's, Smart. It's not an option. It's but Casper. Peter Smart Casper is actually operated. Like, he can't be a doctor for himself. He's operated on by uh, Joseph Dumb. And that's how that works. I figured it out. I figured it out. You, a you ask the door that always lies whether he knows the truth, right? What? Uh, straight bean says C with a question mark. C, all right. He would go. With, that's an interesting choice. I would go with. I would think Casper Smart, but I mean, it kind of says he's dead, so maybe not go with the ghost. But Casper, uh, yeah, Peter Casper. I'm sorry, Casper Smart is dead because his first name is Casper, like Casper the Friendly Ghost. That's right. Yeah, that's what you have to assume. <laughs> This was, and I, I say this, we've been doing the show now for over 16 years, as we established yeah. as of the 18th. The most nonsensical thing you've ever done. Well, this is honor of you, so <laughs> you're welcome. This has, I'm not owning this in any way. This has nothing to do with me. Uh, and of course, uh, these are all actual actors uh, from the 2010 long-awaited third movie in the Step Up series, Step Up 3D. So, and again, an honor of something that me and Zalb haven't copped have in common love of the step up movies absolutely and straight beans congratulations uh you said this is trivia worst trivia ever kind of agree but <laughs> guess, guess what you still want a 25 dollars gift card to either long john silvers or midtown comics or you know just like some make up a nonsense thing that you want 25 dollars to it's fine email us at comic book club live at gmail.com and now pete as we all know, new comic books are coming out all the time. There's yeah. tons of great ones that are coming out this week. What are you looking forward to most? Oh, my God. So, uh, three. I got top three right now. Uh, Something is Killing the Children, number 27. Oh, oh, oh what a doozy of an ish. Uh, Chroma, number two. And Berserker, number 11. Just, oh, just, there's a lot of great comics that came out this week. And I can't wait to talk about them. Yes. I'll second Chroma number two. If you didn't check out the first issue of this, this takes place in a world that is all black and white and gray. And they are scared of this being that you don't get to see called the King of Colors. But it, there's a lot of twists and turns in here. There's a huge cliffhanger at the end. It's all written and drawn by this guy, Lorenzo De Felici. And it is an absolutely stunningly gorgeous comic book. I was definitely very excited about the second issue that was coming out this week. I'll also give a shout out to the Dark Web event, something that I was not particularly looking forward to, but released like 15 issues this week and turns out to be very, very fun from Marvel. That's uh, basically Inferno 2, but silly is kind of what's happening in the Marvel Universe. So it's a fun time. And folks, that is it for this week's show. Couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Dennis Robinson for coming on. Yeah. Check out Mike and Solomon's Odyssey. The first issue is out now. The second issue is coming out later this year. Also, James Third, James Bob Three, Va James Three, Bob Phantom from Archie Comics. Also, check out Junior on Kickstarter right now. Go support oh, yeah. that so we can get plenty more great comics from him. 
Next week on the show is going to be a big one. As we mentioned, we're going to be revealing our best comic books of the year. And also, our guest is going to be Kyle Starks, one of our absolute favorite on the show. And he's going to be talking about his new Dark Horse comics book, Where Monsters Lie, that's coming out next year. So that should be pretty awesome. Other podcasts you can check out from us, The Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast running every Thursday. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. We're currently re-watching movies with some special guests. Very fun. Oh, yeah. I believe this week we have Doctor Strange coming up with a real-life magic expert, Matt Donnelly, <laughs> who fact-checked the magic with us. Uh, very fun podcast. I'm excited for everybody to listen to that one. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Take care of yourself out there. Bye.